following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Break. Here we are again. We are going to be talking about these Cowboys who ended up having an outcome that we didn't necessarily expect them to have. Why are you making that face, Dave? I, I just wanted to see where you were going. Eh, eh, I'm trying to be nice, but we're about to attack them in a little bit. Uh, especially with that play calling at the end of the game, which fans are going crazy about. We'll get into that in a minute. Just wanted to start off with how this game started. Once again, the Cowboys start out slow. They figure it out eventually in the second quarter, get some points on the board. Started earlier than we expected them to move the ball because usually it's in the second half. But eventually got moving and Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb had an amazing game last night. Just let's start talking about the things that they were successful at in this game as far as the offense. Um, yeah, they, they could move the ball when then when it wasn't, you know, um, crunch time. They were able to throw the ball around and really make some, some good plays. And uh, it wasn't enough to, to for them to, you know, to prove to them that they could do it when they really needed to. Because uh, they went away from it, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, they they those receivers did a really nice job, you know, when um, to get them back in the game and you know to kind of get them down the field, but obviously wasn't enough when they really needed to. They they, they were one they were one dimensional. That's the problem. They were one dimensional, and you can't really win games like that. You've got to be able to do both things, and they tried to to run the ball with the guy that they're they're paying a lot of money, you know, to, and, and the offensive line and. They couldn't block for him, and so it, it ended up, you know, you can't just be a one-dimensional team. You can't just pass your, your way around. Eventually, you have to run it. I guess after nine games, it it would be foolish to to try to expect anything else at this point, right? Like, I mean, we've been looking for consistency. We've been, like we keep saying, we're trying to figure out who the Cowboys are. I figured it out. They're just an oh, what is inconsistent... It? Or for you know to be a little bit more mean about it, mediocre football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's what I keep saying is like they 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 they're better than this. They should be better than this. They can do this. They can do that. But it's you know it's week eleven now, starting today, and it's all looked the same. Even in the wins, it's looked the same. The slow starts, the inconsistency, the puzzling play calling at times. Um, you know, the the run defense. Like they've had games where they played well, but you can't say they've truly fixed it. Uh, screen passes. I'm just kind of going off the dome here, but like all of the same problems, like go all the way back to week one, and you know they win comfortably, and you're like, yeah, but you know that didn't look great, and this was a problem, and in week eleven, all those things are still the case, and it's just is what it is at this point. Yeah, I, I didn't. 
I was staring at my computer last night after the game. I didn't know what to write. Like, what? What is it? Why do they lose? What's the problem with this? And I, I don't know. I did something. I guess I don't. I, I put it out there, but not till the driving home that I realized what, in my opinion, the issue is. This team's pretty good at times. They're okay at times. They are absolutely not clutch. They are not a clutch football team. Their wins, I don't think they've been trailing in the second half of any of the games that they've won. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the third quarter, but certainly not in the fourth. But you ask them to make a two-point conversion against the Jets to tie this game, they can't do it. Maher, we're down 10 against the Packers. Make this so we can get down. No, not going to make it. You know, the game against the the Saints, go drive down the field and get, can't do it. Got it, penalties. Can't can't make it happen. Last night, same thing. Drive all the way down, but when we get down down inside the red zone, can't score. They this team, for whatever it is, is not a clutch team. They can't do those necessary things over the top. Defense can't get a stop when they really really need to. Yeah. Offense can't make a play when they really really need to. So. That's an interesting point. I I agree with you, but it's funny because like my main my main thought from this game is, you know, we're in we're down on the field in the fourth quarter of every Cowboys game. They got the ball on the 6, like really from the start of that drive right up until the fourth down ball fell incomplete. I was like they're going to score. Mm-hmm. Like that's how well Dak has been playing. They're going to score this touchdown, and you know maybe they won't be able to hold the 31-28 lead, but I just like I had no doubt in my mind they were going to do it. Because Dak was playing that clutch, in my opinion. And I kind of struggle to just completely flip my lid about the the play calls down on the 11-yard line. Because in that instance, with a minute 33 to play, even, even if you don't trust Kirk Cousins, I think it's a good idea to try to run some clock. I don't begrudge them that, you know. Even, even with how poorly they were running the ball, you would like to think Ezekiel Elliott can get two yards. Having said that... Twice in a row? Yeah, not third down. Twice in a row, and then, you know, just a very unimaginative, like, out route to your running back who you don't throw the ball to enough as it is in the clutchest part of the game. I didn't like that. Maybe how about some north-to-south runs if you're going to do it instead of, you know, this east-to-west stuff against a defense that's been shutting it down all day? I didn't like that. Uh, And it's just it stings that as well as Dak Prescott played in that game, they didn't give him that great of a chance to try to win it for him. I mean, in a way for me, this kind of helped clear my vision a little bit because these games have been somewhat confusing. You know, you're trying to figure out, okay, is it really the players not being efficient on the field, making the plays, or the coaching staff, the way they are coaching them and calling these plays you know it's like a mixture of both but then in this scenario to me I thought that the talent you know at least in the passing game the Cowboys were doing exactly what they needed to do as far as Dak Amari even Randall Cobb which completely blew my mind there were at times that I I, I got him confused with Amari Cooper on the huh. field I'm like oh wow that's Randall Cobb making that play he was fantastic it was amazing so but then you, you peel that layer and I'm like okay I checked my box there and then he comes back down to the coaches and how they're calling these plays now I wanted to dig deeper I know you just talked about that uh, towards the the end of the game and the play call in there when you see the Cowboys who with the Dak Prescott that threw for 397 yards and then Elliott unable to run the ball they end up with 50 yards 
in rushing. Now, I mean, is was that yeah. the really the right call to make? You said it not to do it twice, and that's the point. When you see it doesn't work once, why do it again? But let's uh, let's kind of yeah. dig deeper and try well, to comprehend really what happened here. Let me let me n- not even contradict myself. I will say this: like you know, heat of the moment. Dak said it last night, and and he and there's always a point to that. Is you know, if, if we pick it up, nobody's questioning that play call. Always, I get that. Forget the sequence in the red zone. I just the the play calling sucked. Period. Um, the um, Jerry Jones said after the game, he was like Zeke might as well have had a neon sign over him that was that said it ain't happening tonight. Jerry Jones said he noticed that from the beginning of the game, and yet into the fourth quarter, first down runs. It's just like there there was no choice but to do that. I think the split was. They threw 14 times on first down and ran 16 times on first down. But take out, you know, in the in that final drive where they're passing all the way downfield, skews the stats. So basically, again, just like the New Orleans game, you're running on first down like upward of 60, 70 percent of the time when you're in your basic offense. And when you saw how committed the Vikings were to not letting that be a thing, it's just kind of mind boggling. Yep. Like, Mike Zimmer dared Dak Prescott to win the game, and he was playing well enough to do it. And it felt like everybody in the building but the Cowboys coaches knew that. Yeah, I I, I love the second down call. I thought that was fine. The Vikings made a nice play on it. Uh, I'm second and two. I'm going to try to get the first down, and but not on third down. And, you know, you can watch the play again. I, I don't know exactly what's what's being asked of these players. But I've never seen Travis Frederick turn to the bench like that and get so upset with with the, the you know with the coaching staff on whatever call that was. Um, this is just me, and no one's said this, but I've said this for a while. Connor Williams to me is a problem at left left guard. I don't think he is is good enough right now to do what they want to do. And this team, we've said it several times, they're so stubborn at what they you know. This is how we do things, and. We're going to run the ball with Zeke, even though he has been stuffed all game. We're going to do it. His longest run was six, six yards. yards. First drive of the game. First drive of the game, same thing. Well, we're just going to kick a 57-yarder because Maher can make it. Well, he didn't, and now Kirk Cousins has got a short field to go and, and, and give you a 7 nothing, you know deficit because – you know, they're just, well, I've seen them do it, and if, he can make it. If you've listened to me at all this season on the podcast, on Twitter, whatever, I'm, I've am i been very sure to, you know, equal parts blame. Like, well, yeah, is it is it the coach's fault if the players aren't executing this or doing that? I thought more so than any game this season, there were just so many baffling decisions by the coaching staff that put this team at a disadvantage. You talk the 57-yard field goal. A kicker, yeah, he can do it. Nobody in the world feels 100% confident that it's going to happen. You're just gifting a veteran quarterback with his opening possession at midfield. And then, what, 10 minutes later, they're in the same situation and they decide to punt. So, like, you're not you're not that confident because yeah. you could have you could have kicked it, it again. again, but mm-hmm. he, he missed the first one, so you don't do that. So now you're punting from the Vikings 40, I believe, on a fourth and four? Yeah. The way I mean, Dak threw for 400 yards. I mean, you could go for it if you feel that confident, or punt the first time and don't gift them with a, a possession at midfield. First down running was mind-boggling. It's amazing, honestly. This game could have been ugly if Dak Prescott wasn't so amazing. Like, how many times 
did he bail them out of a third and long? Like at least three. Yeah. At least three where it's like third and 12 and he does some Houdini stuff back there and turns it into a first down. Otherwise, you could be talking about, you know, three, four more possessions where the Vikings have favorable field position. I just, uh, you know, Tavon Austin with the fair catch. Jason Garrett said this morning on the radio that he had the option to return it. I don't know. I don't think I buy that because he shot his hand up in the air basically as soon as the ball left the punter's foot. I, I don't. Just, I don't hate that as much as people, you know, that are people are saying because yes, that he could have gotten some yards, extra yards there, but this team was probably going to get. I mean, a block in the back. Which you, we talked that about this. Kills everything. We talked about this in the tunnel last night, and like the fact that you don't trust your team to cleanly field a punt in mm-hmm. week ten of mm-hmm. the season is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so you you have a point. I mean, if they draw a holding flag and back it up to their own thirty five, then right. it's over. It's over. But like, I don't know. Competently return a punt right. in a crucial situation without getting a flag. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard. We're all standing down there, and that ball. And the Hail Mary seemed like it was up there forever. Yeah. It, well, it seemed like it took Dak eight seconds to throw yeah. it because, yeah. I mean, he did scramble for a bit. I kind of thought it was it was going in. I, I, I just thought something was going to happen. That would have been pretty amazing. That would have been amazing. The only, and I even thought, and I was looking at you because you, you, you'll do this more than me. I'm like, does nobody want to want to put the video on this? You know, does nobody want to go and turn on the video for something amazing? I, I actually did it. What year was that when um, Romo drove him down the against Redskins the Giants? Game. No, drove him oh. down against the Giants and Witten, you know, fumbled the ball and then he threw it to Witten. Oh. It was like week one. It was week one of 15. 15. Yeah. Oh, what a great season that was. I mean, I have the video of that. We're right down there. And I'm like, that's a really awesome play. And I thought, maybe, maybe we should get a video of this for the Hail Mary. Yeah, that would have been cool. Against the Vikings, too, just like old times. Never thought about that. Yeah. Not once did I ever think. Wow, this is going to be another hail mary against the Vikings. Oh no, I didn't. I no. didn't. No, because how you very rarely see hail marys work in the NFL unless you have Aaron Rodgers. Like otherwise, it just that's funny because when we were like the la- those last seconds of the game, in my mind, I thought if that was Aaron Rodgers, he would have made that and we would have won. But I just. I, I mean, you can talk crap about that because he did play an no, amazing game. No, I was going to forget the Hail Mary. Like, I almost I blocked that whole sequence out of my mind because I just can't believe the way he was dealing that they didn't get in the end zone from 11 yards out. It's, yeah. it's unconscionable. All right, well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we need to discuss what happened with the defense and why they weren't unable, they were unable to stop the run from the Vikings. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... 
the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. All right, welcome back. Now, let's talk about this defense and the hot boys who Mm. are getting a lot of criticism as well. Uh, What the heck happened here? You know... In the in the first half, they were they were doing a great job against the run, but the problem is is they couldn't handle the screen. And for you guys yeah. that, that don't know, a screen pass is one where the I'm kidding, but you certainly <laughs> don't. I mean, God, you would think they would be like, hey, why don't we run the screen? We can screen, but nah, not not doing that. You don't think a screen would have ever worked with Zeke, like with the, that aggressive Viking defense? I just don't understand defense? how that happens so many times, and you're unable to fix it from your side. Yeah, you know. I don't know, but it's. I mean, this is a. I don't. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. I like they. They were not awful, but it tackles can be a deceiving statistic. They both finished with 13, but. Mm. Yeah, I mean, is that were were they just dominant, flying all over the field? I think Leighton had a couple of nice plays where he sniffed out runs, but yeah, I mean, your linebackers are probably going to combine for twenty six tackles when the Vikings run the ball forty times. Right, I mean, that's it's just is what it is. But they can't handle the screen. I think the 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 interior of this defense is has been a problem in these losses. Defensive tackles. Uh, not winning at the line of scrimmage, which in turn doesn't free up the linebackers mm-hmm. to make plays. Uh, linebackers, you know, being you know being out of position, overshooting their gaps, all that type of stuff. The the fourth down touchdown to Cook was was really kind of. I've never seen. I don't remember seeing an NFL team like run tosses and pitches as well, much as the Vikings did. That's last the thing. Night. Like on fourth down, like that. Th- this defense is built to to stop that play. Yeah. You know, these linebackers yeah. and all that, to be able to run over there and make that play. And, you know, you have Antoine Woods trying to, to you know, run out there and and the linebackers, and, and they just didn't they just didn't do it. I mean, when they pitched the ball, I thought, they're not getting this. I mean, Cowboys, this is the type of play that they usually snuff out, and they, they couldn't. But, um, you know, that whole exchange was kind of interesting. I put this on, on my five plays. If if you if you went back and saw the play before that touchdown uh, or th- four plays before I forgot the guy's name Madison yeah he's a really good runner too yeah it looked like he had scored a touchdown um, and they, they ruled it as a touchdown the Vikings went up there and they were going to kick an extra point make it twenty seven twenty one then they go back and re- review it and they say he's down four plays later and two minutes off the clock later they go and score with Dalvin Cook and they go down and decide to go for two make it 28 to 21 that would have been very interesting uh make it 
you know, 27-21 because the way the Cowboys kicked the field goal, 27-24, yeah. when they drove down on that whole drive we're talking about, they would have been able to kick a field goal and tie it. So the fact that the Vikings uh, decided to go for two was the smart call. Derek and I argued about it in the press box uh, about it. but That surprised me. And one thing that stood out from this game to me was how aggressive the Vikings looked on both sides of the ball. Like you can tell just by the way they were playing that they were just much more aggressive than the way that the Cowboys were much playing. Much more physical. Yes, physical. Yeah. And the Cowboys' um, red zone defense has been really good. Mm-hmm. And then in this game, it's just like, no, nope, that, that's not here either. Yeah. Dalvin Cook looked like what you want the highest paid running back in the league to look like. Like, aggressive, attacking the hole, never going down on first contact. And, and I, don't, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, for all the criticism he's going to get in this game, like, he's a damn good running back. And he he does that type of stuff. He fights for it all the time. He requires a gang of tacklers, too. But, I don't know, man. Cook just looked different. He looked mm-hmm. dynamic and powerful. Every single time he got the ball and had more than two or three steps, I was, like, holding my breath. Like, well, this... This has the potential to go 20 yards, if not a touchdown, wherever they are on the field. And you certainly didn't get that vibe from Zeke in this game, but I would argue not in any game either. Um, He was really impressive. Based on, you know, Zeke's contract and what type of running back he is, are we expecting him to be having 100-yard games every time, every week? Or is that... Just not a realistic expectation. I mean, there's two ways I can go with this. I th- one, for the money you're paying him and as talented as he is, it's fair to expect more from Ezekiel Elliott. Again, like breaking tackles, making guys miss in open space, being somebody who can create something out of nothing. Dalvin Cook, we said it when we previewed the Vikings, and he did it a couple times last night. You know, broke off a tackle or made a guy miss and turned like a zero to two yard gain into eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. He did that several times. Haven't seen Zeke do a ton of that. Like he's very productive, but he doesn't create something out of nothing like that. Having said that, this is a top 10 run defense that was very clearly committed to not letting him hurt them. And and as much as you'd like to see more from Zeke, a lot of that is on the coaching staff, in my opinion, for not recognizing that. Your, their quarterback threw for 10 yards a pop. Literally, every single time he threw, they got 10 yards. And they were still just very insistent on running into a brick wall. And I just don't know how good of an idea that is. You know, I think that Dak could have run the ball some too, you know, and, and tried. I think one of four games in his career where he hasn't, where he didn't attempt a, a carry. And they needed it. I mean, big time um, down there. Um, the read option only works if if the quarterback keeps, keeps it, it on occasion. Every once in a while. Every you once have in a to while. do that. So I thought that was that was a big part too, is just not being able to I mean, and we saw that Dak was running uh for his life on some of those passes and he did a nice job. But you know, I, I really thought on second or third down down there that, that that was gonna be a play that, you know, that he has to keep the ball and, and kinda get some yards there. But it 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 just when when a guy has twenty carries for that many yards, what forty nine, forty seven, forty seven, I mean it's the lowest output that he's had with twenty carries. I mean usually you get that many carries, you know obviously you're gonna you're gonna break one, but this I think they have a problem at the offensive line in the middle, and and I don't know if it's just uh, Connor Williams. I really don't. I I don't know if Frederick is playing as well as as they've expected. Um, 
I can't tell you that Joe Looney wouldn't be a better option. I I, I don't know that, but because you wince because you're like that's Travis Frederick yeah. and all the Pro Bowls, yeah. and I get it. But I don't I, think I we you. will find out either. Uh, well, but that's cool. You know, like yeah. if the if the coach wants to continue to say, well, this is our guys. These are the guys. You know, this is a first round pick, and this is a second round pick, and this is a Pro Bowler. That's cool. He'll say that when the season's over and he's out of a job. I mean, at some point, I would say I got to play the best guys. I don't care who are they drafted, whatever. And I don't know that. I'm not saying that Travis Frederick is playing that poorly, but he's not playing as well as we've seen before. And I'm not sure that this team doesn't need more strength in in the middle of the offensive line. I go the other way. The reason I winced is, I mean, this is this is still an offensive line and a running game that has cranked out some really impressive performances. One of which came against the Eagles, who were more highly regarded against the run than the Vikings were. So they have that capacity. I just, again, like I lean more toward the coaches is like, if it's not working, it's not working. And it's on you to adapt instead of just thinking, well, the next one, the next one will be the one that, that pops. And so, yeah, I mean, Travis Frederick is probably not as good as he was before his illness. And that's totally understandable, but he's still him and Connor Williams, both, They've been good enough to preside over some very good rushing performances, some very, you know, keeping Dak clean, all that good stuff. Like, I don't think it's so drastically bad that I need to change the lineup. I'll just change the way I call games when a very good defense is hell bent on stopping the run, especially in a game where the quarterback's throwing for 400 yards. I know last year, Connor Williams got hurt. So if came in, I think we all could see that it was yeah, an upgrade. He, he played well. He, he and I just and I wonder if what's it going to take to maybe see that again? Like maybe he is better. Well, it took an injury last year, right? But Connor came back and did not get the job. Yeah, back. I mean, right. it took an injury for Suafilo around the playoffs for Connor to come back and, and and get that. So I get it that he's he's the future, but I mean, you kind of. You got lucky with with Landon Suafilo, anyways, and he he was drafted even higher than than Connor, so he might even be a better prospect, anyways. I I think it's time to make that change, and I've said it before, but I thought yesterday was a big example of that. Of he missed his block a, a, several times, and man, Linval Joseph was supposed to be. I mean, he, he didn't play. The number of the number of lucky breaks the Cowboys have gotten in terms of like who they haven't had to play yeah, and, it hasn't and how it hasn't mattered. Place. Five and four didn't play against Drew Brees, didn't play against Devontae Adams. Yeah. I mean, the Jets are not good regardless. It doesn't matter who was or wasn't in that game. And, yeah. then, and then, you know, didn't have Adam Thielen, Linval Joseph, or Trey, Trey Waynes. Waynes. Did not matter. Nope. So if Matthew it's Stafford can play swallow. next week, I hope he plays. That's ser- I mean, seriously, who who's their quarterback right without Stafford? We I, can get into that. I but don't even know. Well, let's, it doesn't give you a lot to feel good about. You're like, oh, well, Stafford might not play. It hasn't doesn't mattered matter. in any of the other games. Well, Drew Brees didn't matter for the Saints yesterday, anyways. True. I don't know what was going on over there, but that's kind of shocking. Uh, the Falcons doubled their sack production in one game. That's what happened. Division game. Well, clearly the Cowboys have bigger problems than who's playing or not playing from the yeah. opponent team. Yeah. They have You're to fix wrong. their own issues. But let's take our final break, and when we come back, where did these turnovers go? And <laughs> should the Cowboys start playing Blake Jarwin more and take oh. Jason Witten oh. out of the field? Whoa. Ready? Okay, give, give me an S. 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 Give, give me an O. o. 
spell. So, so. Are we going to win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yep, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof, Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at otterbox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey, Cowboys Nation. This season, when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory. Because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time off back to the break you join us the official dallas cowboys watch party presented on sunday at november 24th it's presented by at&t enjoy a festive game day atmosphere on the tostitos championship plaza at the star in frisco as the cowboys take on the new england patriots i hear they are good admission and parking are free visit the star in frisco.com for details hope the weather is a little nicer that day than it is today it's pretty gross it really reflects kind of the mood around here <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. oh the sun came out it didn't nope. the sun did not come out yet nope now let's just dive right into it jason witten clearly is not playing how we expected or at least what we thought he could do for the cowboys and be as productive as he should be when mm. when they show his highlights you know they're going to show about a minute reel and when he goes to the hall of fame in canton it won't probably be 2019 that the the those highlights probably won't be the ones included there he's i don't know if he's playing better than expected or he's just not playing like the hall of fame tight end that he was and we knew that but you know they still kind of go to him in that in that sense and and david you said something earlier about witten that linebackers can kind of hang with him and definitely safeties. He's not the mismatch that he was before, and I think that's the problem. Uh, he, before he could just, if you're going to put a linebacker on him, he could get open. Even some of the safeties, he's not the mismatch anymore. And you know, it, it was it was tough. You'd like to, for him to make that play uh, in the end zone, well, you know, but he gets tripped up. When you when you look at Blake Jarwin and how he has been able to contribute in the passing game and have had some really successful plays that have helped the Cowboys get to a different point in the game, but when you look at what he's doing versus Jason Witten, should the Cowboys be playing him more and try to give him more opportunities and chances to get the ball moving rather than keeping Jason Witten as much on the field? 
Probably. I, probably, like, I mean, you said, you know, he hasn't been performing like we expected him to. I would argue this is more or less exactly what I expected. Like, Jason Witten is, he's still a solid to decent football player. Like, he can get open. He knows how to run routes. He knows how to use leverage. We've said all that stuff a million times. He's not a mismatch. He's he's not, at this point in his career, a guy that, like, keeps defensive coordinators awake at night. He, he you know, you, you can... You can take him out of the game if that's what you want to do. It's that I mean, which is to be expected when you're 37 years old. Yeah. At the same time, he's still Jason Witten, and he's not playing so terribly that like he's like this just liability. Clearly, like he, I mean, he was pretty fantastic against the Giants, but. Just, You're absolutely right, well, but for some reason, he, his little mistakes resonate a ton more than anybody else's in my head well, because of who he is. Because of who he is, and because they're not winning games. But like, it's I mean, it I don't know. It, it was like that before he retired the first time too, though. It, like he's he's a good football player. He's still probably good for somewhere between one and three bad plays per game, and they stand out because of who he is. Um, having said that, like. He's not so bad that he's like this liability that they have to get off the field. And so I just don't think they're going to. Like I said that way back when he came out of retirement. I'm just like, this is what the tight end position will be for the time that he is still here. Uh, you don't have to like it. You know, They're not going to draft a player. They're not going to elevate somebody above him. They're just kind of in a holding pattern while this is going on. And it could be the rest. I mean, it could be just this season. Maybe he comes back. I don't know the answer to that. But... The tight end position just is what it is while he's here, and that is to say it's fine, but it's not something that like gets you excited or is going yeah. to like be the reason why you win games. I kind of want to see him out there just blocking and helping Zeke and in the blocking game and all that, and then just keep like Jarwin for the yeah, passing passes. game. And, and but that that sounds good, but obviously. It doesn't necessarily work that way. Defensive coordinators figure that right. stuff out too. Um, you know, they they just were they just it was a physical game. And Mike Zimmer's never had a defense that wasn't physical, even when he was here. Uh, you know that that's kind of his mo. And they they just kind of punched the Cowboys in the mouth, and and they they took some shots too. I mean, this was a back and forth game. It was a it was a good entertaining game. It was yes. a very if you're a Chargers game. fan. If yeah. you're if you're a Chargers or Colts fan, right. you're watching it. That's fun. It's good football. Cowboy fans are you know pissed off and and you know and Jason Garrett and you know is is the problem and Kellen Moore is the problem and all that. But they get 12 more yards and they score a touchdown and, and win the game and you know then all of a sudden this is a six and three football team that's right in the middle of of the playoff race. But that's what makes it so fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I I firmly believed that they were going to score. With a minute and twelve seconds to go, I thought so too. And and Kirk Cousins was going to get him down to the thirty-two yard line, and Dan Bailey would have a forty-nine to fifty-yard field goal to tie the game, and he was going to miss. That's what I. That's what I believed was going to happen. You went a few steps ahead of me. I just I thought they would score and take the lead. I didn't know what would happen. Well, Dan that. Bailey coming back, I just <laughs> thought for sure that was going to happen. It's like that's why we got rid of you. <laughs> We're looking for a silver lining. I don't. First I'm, place in the division. What's that? Tied for first place in the division. No, forget that. Wait, I mean, they're if they make the playoffs, it'll be as the NFC's champion. Like for me, this loss just is a nail in the coffin of whatever slim wild card hopes they have. It's their third loss to an NFC contender. 
Minnesota and Green Bay are both yeah. fantastic. The Saints are doing their thing. You got, you know, the the 49ers, we'll see what happens tonight, but like they look like they're in line for a bye. So then you're dealing with the Seahawks to like they just if the Cowboys make the playoffs, it would be as the NFC East champion and they would be the four seed. Like I just feel like that's a foregone conclusion. Um anyway, no, the silver lining is that I really think that was the best game of Dak's entire career. <laughs> I'm serious. What a silver lining. I mean, no, I'm, no, seriously. No, it, it was. It's it's going to sound like cold comfort to anybody listening right now, and you're mad, and I'm sorry about that. But Dak played like a badass on a night where, you know, the line wasn't – I mean, I know he only got sacked once, but the line wasn't protecting him great. He was running for his life. He had no running game. Uh, Zeke wasn't taking any pressure off of him, and he still balled the hell out. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, his precision passing on third down, I think I, he was 7 of 10 on third down. Uh, just some of the best throws of his entire career. Uh, him and Cooper, obviously their chemistry is off the charts. So I guess he would throw the ball even before the receiver would be turned completely, oh, yeah. and they would catch. His it. anticipation was oh was off the charts, uh, and all of that is to say that is the criticism we've heard about Dak for so long. Is like, well, he's only good if everything's good around him, and he doesn't elevate anybody. He put arrows in all those theories last night, which they lost the game. I get that, but he was outstanding, it's and that. Gives me, if I'm a Cowboys fan, that gives me confidence that he is growing into that type of quarterback that can win you a game on his own. Yeah, I could kind of argue a little bit the fact that he wasn't, I mean, he was great, but he wasn't great enough to back off what the Vikings were doing defensively. True. And to run the ball. Because usually when you're just throwing it that way, you have to soften up the middle and then that's where you know, and that's what the Cowboys kept counting on that all these passes are gonna lead to boom, Zeke's gonna but and it never worked. And is so, that his fault for not being great enough, no. or is that the coaching staff's fault for not hammering what was working? Like mash mm. that like button. Yeah. Retweet on what's working. I why am I talking like this? I don't know. Because <laughs> you, I mean, the fact that you don't have your phone in your hand is, is you know it's probably. I I mean, ah, uh, I, I I get it. Balance is important, and you have a great running back, but just ride the hot hand sometimes. And I'm I'm not even talking about down on the 11 yard line. I get. I mean, you would like to think Zeke can pick up a second and two. I get that. It's everything else. It's like, oh, my God, what an incredible throw by Dak and Cooper with this amazing catch. 20 yards. They're in Vikings territory. All right, now let's run it for half a yard. Yeah. The the fourth down play, you know, Vikings gave him, you know, a, a gift by calling a timeout. Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't a gift because maybe the Vikings got a chance to get in the defense that they wanted. But, you know, coming out of a timeout on fourth and five with the game on the line, like Zeke is a is a good option to throw the ball to. And other times, but he is the worst route runner on the field. I mean, naturally, he's not mm-hmm. a receiver. He's not a route runner. So he ran on, you know, it wasn't a very was good un- route. Uninspired. And, right. And it was just a perfect throw to a non-receiver that has to make this play when the other three guys are absolutely lighting up the Vikings. So that just didn't make any sense at all why you wouldn't say, I'm going to go to Amari Cooper I'm gonna hope that he makes the the right play here, and if not, you know, we'll see if we get a, a pass interference because that's Mari Cooper. He's the best, one of the best receivers in the league, 
You know what play I miss? And I mean, I know they've probably called it this year, but I miss the just the little bubble screen to Des Bryant where you just th- get him the ball and let him make a play. You know, interesting you said that. I thought that this morning when I was thinking about the game. This is and I I think I might have said it in the press box. This is where you miss a Des Bryant type of player down there where they Wait, can't punch you want, it in. You wanted hey, he's a fade. Looking, yeah. He's looking for a job right now. Well, I understand. No, stop it. I understand. <laughs> stop it. But, he's sitting there but, on his couch. But I'm just saying you can't punch it in. You can't run it in. You sometimes you have to say my guy versus your guy. My guy's going to win. And they could do that with Des. It, or somebody like that. They don't have that type of receiver. They really don't have that guy. Cooper doesn't have the build for it, but I would argue he he could do that. I mean, he can high point the hell out of the ball. We've seen it. I know it got called back, but the play he made against, I want to say the Eagles, you know, down on the goal line, he got separation. Like, he can go up and get those types of balls. So I would argue. And same thing, like, if you throw Amari Cooper, uh, just a bubble throw, yeah. with you know him on a cornerback, like I think he's going to win the majority of those. Well, which we'll see. If, we'll see if they can do that in Detroit. Yeah, we will. Ooh, oh boy. first time we're going to Detroit since that game. Dez, Dez, that and, Dez and Megatron going back and forth. I'm, I think um, Megatron went further. He did. He did. But Dez had a really great game too. Well, uh, maybe this will be a game where the Cowboys figure was, it out. I was gonna say, sorry, I might just be, might be the most important. No, game. Th- that's all usually happens with Jason. You know, when they start eh. getting pushed against the wall a little bit, they they might win this game. And if Matthew Stafford doesn't play, they have a great chance. But we can't say that they have. They will have figured it out, even if they win this game. I'm saying for that game, they'll oh, okay. figure out for, just that for that game, for just that one week. game. Gotcha. Yes. Well, you know, you're five and four, and you got the Lions, and I believe the Patriots are next. Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. you, you better win this game. Yep. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, I'm sure you guys can discuss turnovers tomorrow with Tanner. Oh, yeah. yeah, that 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 wasn't. They didn't get any. Good. So yeah, they didn't over. get any. Oh, uh, good. All right, we yeah, handled it. That's it. That's it. Especially, I mean, you see them having success at it for the past couple of weeks and then all of a sudden disappeared but Dalvin Cook almost gave them the earliest Christmas present of all time with that fumble down there I mean I don't know what was happening right there not to say the Cowboys would have scored if they would recovered it at the five but would have been interesting would have been nice all right well thank you guys so much for tuning in today for Nicky Man, David Hellman and member Garcia this has been the break on DallasCowboys.com radio This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?